Prudence. Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Do you think that I should contact him again? Help. Help. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Hello and welcome to another mini episode of Dear Prudence. I'm your host, Danny M. Lavery, and the show is for you, our Plus subscribers. Our guest this week is Lane Moore, the creator of the hit show. Our guest this week is Lane Moore, the creator of the hit comedy show Tinder Live, where she swipes through Tinder profiles on stage. Where she swipes through where she swipes through Tinder profiles on stage in front of a live audience. Moore is also the author of the best-selling book How to Be Alone, if you want to, and even if you don't and the front person in the band It Was Romance. And now here's our first letter. I'm so excited that I get to read this next one. Oh my God, yes, a thousand percent. Again, there's a lot, and there's also some stuff that I left in here that I felt like was important because it gives us an insight into the letter writer's state of mind, Mm -hmm. which is... Exhausted. And and way out of proportion. Yeah, totally. Like no one in this situation is good at DS. I should have said exhausting. Both. I I mean, it's it's one of those things where you're like, yes, I get why you were frustrated to begin with, but my God, you have no perspective. Yeah. You throw perspective away until it's it's no longer visible. Well, and it's like, it just sounds like emotions are, emotions are running hot. If I could change the subject to be emotions are running hot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right, here we go. Do it. Subject, lease and friendship are up. Dear Prudence, I am gay. At the end of my breakup, my old friend Ryan, it, like it sounds like I'm gay, like I'm exhausted. <laughs> I know, exactly, exactly. My old friend Ryan asked me to take over the lease from his roommate. I agreed because I have known Ryan for five years. I am not officially on the lease. That's your problem. Yep. Uh, okay, a month in, Ryan started dating Caitlin. She and I didn't get along because I wasn't sleeping with her, so I didn't care about what gobbledygook came out of her mouth. It's a lot. Ways that I offended Caitlin. Refusing to let her have a spare key. Refusing to let her eat my groceries. Refusing to let her and her friends spend hours in the apartment without Ryan. Refusing to give up my <laughs> Disney Plus that account. That was my favorite line. That was not my favorite line. And lurking in the... Like, none of you so should be far, watching Disney. So far, this was my you know favorite I mean? one. Like, yeah, I just, love the, I just love the Disney Plus ref because it's so topical. I'll never let it's you so- watch motocrossed on my dime. <laughs> yes. All right. Ryan works a lot. Caitlin doesn't work, but feels entitled to the fruits of other people's labor. She stole my homemade, labeled brownies. The majority of the common area stuff, couch, TV, all the cookware, etc., are mine. My pictures are on the wall. Caitlin decided that she hated them and wanted to put up her, quote, art. I said no. She flipped her hair and told me she would tell Ryan. I told her she doesn't live here and my stuff isn't moving. Caitlin threw my posters into the dumpster and put up her stuff. I came home from work and freaked out. Ryan swore he didn't know. I told him I need to leave. I have other options for housing, but felt disloyal for bailing on Ryan since he can't keep up rent by himself. But frankly, those posters were the canary in the coal mine. One was a gift from high school from my dead best friend. If I see Caitlin again, I might rip out her extensions by the roots. Ryan will not break up with her, but feels I am, quote, threatening him unless he does so. I don't want to screw him over, but I'm sick of this girl. I told Ryan I would cover until the end of the month as all the drama happened over the holidays. I'm staying with friends and plan to move the majority of my stuff by next week. Ryan keeps texting me that he thought we were friends. Help. I... Yeah. Yeah. It feels very arbitrary to think about where to start. Yep. 
So I'll just start like earlier, which is like we didn't get along because I wasn't sleeping with her. So I don't care what bullshit she says. Like, yeah, I think, you know, that that's both sexist and cruel. Totally. That was exactly how that read to me. I like, was like, oh, I hate this. You could have absolutely said we didn't get along immediately. We didn't like each other. And Ryan is highly conflict avoidant with both of us, which only made it worse. Right. That's all totally appropriate. You have absolute, like, legitimate complaints here about the ways Caitlin yeah. treated you. But saying, like, because I'm not fucking her, I'm not willing to pretend she's a worthwhile human right, being. Right, exactly. Which is a gross way to talk about women. Yes, absolutely. Even if you're gay, it doesn't, like, exempt you no. from misogyny. And so, there's also so much of that already within gay men where it's, like, where there's just this, like— it's a sneakier misogyny because it's like, oh, I'm I don't hate women because I'm gay, and it's like actually there are a lot of gay men who have a lot of problematic views on women. This is a good example, unfortunately. There's just like misogyny is in the air. It's just there. There's not a category of person that's automatically exempt from it. No. Um, and it's not good to kind of delight in it, which was the read I got from this letter, which yeah. was kind of like this makes me kind of fun and and interesting and maybe a little dangerous the way in which I like don't respect this woman. Um, and it's just, again, Caitlin sounds like I was going to say, asshole. and again, 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 Caitlin. She is a legitimate awful. jerk. We're with you, sucks. but. So, like, don't cede the moral high ground when you don't have to. No. So that's number one. Number two is your problem is Ryan, man. Yeah. Your problem is Ryan, who sounds like the most spineless motherfucker <laughs> on earth. Like, at least Caitlin seems alive. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? This is like a Maggie Ryan's the cat is alive situation. <laughs> Ryan's just there. Ryan's just like, hey, move in. Um, you're not on the lease, but I do need you to make rent. So like you are running a risk because I could kick you out at any time. But um, I'm yeah. not willing to like put in writing the things that we owe one another. I'm just going to like leave the house all the time and not set appropriate boundaries with either you or my girlfriend. So the two of you just fight when I'm not around. Yeah. But like, don't get me involved with your personal drama. I'm just trying to like work a lot, man. Yeah. And then also don't move out because I can't afford to not live with you. But I'm not going to live with Caitlin either. And I'm not going to put either of you on the lease. Like this man right. is essentially like mistreating the both of you and you're taking it out on this feels actually like a very classic like totally yeah the, the, like gay man and the woman here should be an alliance against, against the straight, the straight man. dude like, yes he is the enemy here that's so true he is the one creating the majority of your problems you two don't have to like one another but yeah. you have more in common with each other than you do with totally Ryan. yes so in terms of what do you do Definitely don't respond to Ryan's, like, shitty, manipulative, like, hey, I thought we were friends. Because none of this is friendship to me. No. This isn't a real friendship read. Yeah, you're not bailing on Ryan. Ryan created an untenable living situation, took no responsibility for the fact that he created it, and then acted surprised when it didn't work out. And it also, like, it really hit a fever pitch for me when, like, all right, you guys are going to fight whatever but like if somebody came into if some if a roommate I was fighting with came in and like threw away my things yeah like that's the point where like he has to get involved like he has to reimburse you for them or whatever I know some of these were things he couldn't reimburse but like it's his obligation to get involved at this point. Right. You can't just, I understand not getting involved when like your girlfriend and your roommate don't get along. But Fine, frankly, I guess. Like, but then you is... have a real conversation with both your roommate and your girlfriend and say like, we need to figure out what are reasonable like visitation hours and like right. time spent together in common areas and just like rules if we're going to share a space, even if one of these people isn't officially paying rent. Like, totally. You know, he he owed you all that conversation. And, and again, like there has to be something, but it was like, I mean, I've had a lot of crappy roommates and it was like, I guess, like, I guess what I was saying is, like, 
you're absolutely right. I think it's just that like I've been beaten down by how many horrible roommates I had where I was just like, eh, I could understand like crappy roommate, crappy roommate. But like the line that is crossed when that person throws away your things yeah. is like, uh, I can't. And you're like, like, Ryan won't break up with her over it. But it doesn't even sound like he had a conversation with her about it. It doesn't no. even sound like he was willing to say like, hey, you need to not do that. So Or a conversation with you about it. Like, it's just, it sounds like this woman's allowed to do whatever she wants. And yeah. you can't move out because he needs you financially. That's, yeah. again, none of this is friendship. Not your me. problem. And so move out. Take your stuff with you. Tell Ryan that you are not interested in the kind of friendship that he has to offer yeah. because he did not treat you well or with respect. Make sure you never have to see Caitlyn again because don't rip out her hair. Like, that don't commit violence. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> that would not be good for you. That would not be good for anyone. It would not bring your old stuff back. So if what you need is to yeah. never be in the same room with her, make sure you never are. Yeah. Um, and then just, uh, you know, learn from this. Seek out living situations where there is a lease agreement that you have to sign and commit to. Yeah. Um, you know, figure out ways to resolve conflict when it's like, oh, you took some of my brownies and I'm frustrated before you get to like, I'm going to rip out your hair levels. And By again, the roots. <laughs> and like, you, because you cannot always control how reasonably other people yeah, behave. I know. You, you know, you can't use that as an excuse for, well, I reserve the right to like go nuclear if somebody else is really unreasonable. Like you have to yeah. be able to have a standard you can hold yourself to regardless of how unreasonably other people act. And like, I... <sighs> I get it. Again, I've had really terrible roommates and like I get it is the hardest thing to have somebody who is in your home. Right. Like it's it's the worst form of conflict. It really is. And to realize like the person you thought of as not the problem because they're low conflict and quiet like Ryan yeah. is in fact the person who's creating the problem and Dude. who's willing to let you all exhaust yourselves Dealing with the mess he totally. created. Totally. Yeah. And I've I've experienced that where it was like somebody who just like doesn't wanna doesn't wanna, oh, I don't want I don't wanna get in the middle of it. And yeah. you're like, that's still a stance. You are that's still the middle choice. of it. You are the middle of it because you have brought a problematic person into somebody's life who's like causing them pain. I've experienced this uh more times than I wanted, which is like twice, and that's way more than I wanted. But I yeah. yeah. And it's and the it's, problem is absolutely him, even though you want to be like, but he's not the one who's hurting me. And it's like, yeah, yes, he is. He is. Yeah, yeah, he so is. It's yeah, it's not always the person who's the most visibly awful who's the real problem. Right. So I also feel like I was very like hard on you, letter writer. I do still think that the way that you're talking about Caitlin here is misogynistic and not okay. Yeah. But I don't want to make it sound like you created this situation. Caitlin's a good person and you're a monster. Totally no. You hate no all one women. That. I just think you need to reevaluate evaluate the way that you go to that place in anger. And also sometimes, I mean, this is just absolutely a thing. Sometimes when you have a conflict with somebody, you realize like your internalized misogyny, your internalized racism, your internalized homophobia, because like that's what you that's where you go. That's a very human thing. But yeah, but this can be an opportunity to be like, oh, shit, I have some stuff to work on and I can chip away at my misogyny. Like opportunities like that when they come up and you're like, oh, I have some hatred in me for this. How can I right. remove it? It's it And that's be. sort of like lateral. I don't necessarily always want to use the word violence when I'm talking about conflict, but that kind of like lateral like resentment or hate like from gay men towards women or from like straight women towards gay men is yeah. like it's um it, it can maybe feel personally satisfying because that person feels like a safer target. Yeah. But that kind of lashing out doesn't actually help build like meaningful connections or solidarity or even result in like greater personal peace, which I want for everyone. Even if you're like, fuck solidarity, I just want to be left alone. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so anyways, good luck. 
Also, like, get rid of your Disney Plus account. Disney yeah. doesn't fucking need more money. Jesus Christ. Like, Seriously. Have the decency to pirate from them. They're on YouTube. Yeah, steal from them. <laughs> steal from them. Which, by the way, will be my advice later from the one of the other letters, oh, yeah, yeah, which yeah. I'm excited. I was just yeah, like, yeah. oh, I'm just going to advise this person to do illegal stuff. I know, I know. It's so weird. Um, okay, so our last one. I think we kind of, like, went from, like, kind of lighter problems into yeah. more and more heavier ones. And so we're just ending with one that's complicated. Yeah. Um, and I think it's my turn to read this. Yes. Um, the subject is, how do I ignore this? Already sad. Dear Prudence, one of my brothers, Joe, has suffered from mental illness since his 20s when he was diagnosed with schizophrenia and borderline personality disorder. The first few years of his illness were really difficult. It culminated in our having to leave in the middle of the night because he was threatening to kill us in order to, quote, save us. Though this led to his committal and diagnosis, it was still a traumatic experience for me. I was 11 at the time. Afterward, for many years, Joe wasn't consistent about taking medication, and his life has been very difficult as a result. A few years ago, he found religion, married a woman at his church, and since then has managed to have a relatively stable life. However, he also sends me multiple emails, texts, and Facebook messages every week about religion, and it mostly feels to me like another frenzied obsession. I don't think it's healthy, and I worry that he's not taking his medication. The rest of my family thinks his religion is a net positive, and since he's maintaining a job and a relationship, that everything is fine. They also think that because I'm the only one who's left the Catholic Church for no church, that I'm biased against religion, and see it all as delusional. They want me to just politely ignore Joe's messages. He's an adult, and I've certainly learned that no one can make him take his medication, but I'm also worried we're just ignoring what's going to blow up in our faces sooner or later. What's the best way forward? So, obviously, like, it's a wildly traumatic experience to have come from at 11. You are allowed to have your own complicated feelings about the way that Joe's behavior has affected you and your life and your development, while also understanding that, like, he has been ill and is now receiving some sort of treatment. Um, so I think you have all of that pretty well in hand. It didn't seem to me like you were either trying to blame him for his mental illnesses that he didn't ask for. Yeah. And you were also not saying like, oh, I shouldn't even be upset about things that affect me because he's suffering from these mental illnesses. So I, I think holding both parts. Yeah, yeah you seem you seem able to hold them in balance, which I think is good. Um I think without kind of going into whether or not he is currently compliant with his medication regimen, which you just don't know, lots of people are obsessively religious in a way that does not have anything to do with a mental illness or any kind of a diagnosis. Um, so I, I, I'm not— And often in recovery, too. Right. So a I, lot of people— I would just say, like, you don't even have to— I mean, obviously, I understand why you would worry about him. Yeah. But basically, like, all you have to do is say, like, Joe— I don't want to receive multiple messages from you every week about religion. If you're not able to stop, I'll have to block you. Um, I'm letting you know this. I still care about you, but these are unwelcome. You're yeah. entitled to say that. You're allowed to say that. Please do. If he's not able to stop harassing you about joining his religion, yeah. block him joyfully and cheerfully. You have every yeah. right to do that. <laughs> and if the rest of your family says you should have just ignored those messages, you can just say, like, I really disagree. I didn't want to get them. Yeah. I, I don't want to get them. I yeah. don't actually think that it's appropriate for me to pretend he's not sending me these messages every week. And I've made a choice that I can live with. Yeah, I think so. I think that's completely reasonable because that's it's also that like you're you're. Your brain is going to the like, oh, what if this happens, which is totally valid and understandable um, given the past. But 
you don't know where this is going or where it's coming from, that's not a question that like you can answer. So the one way that you could maybe feel a little bit more empowered by this is taking action with the one thing that you know for sure, which is that you don't want to receive these messages. Yeah, because I think that thing at the end about like, I'm worried we're just ignoring what's going to blow up in our faces sooner or later later makes me worry that you think like, uh, I can't just say no more messages like this. I have to also say, I think you must be off your medication. Right. Um, And I just, I think that would be, taking it a step too far yeah. um, and you can just say like this behavior is like inappropriate and it makes me not want to talk to you. So yeah. I hope you stop doing it. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, it's just speculation and it, it's not going to help really. I and especially think. since the two of you aren't super close. Yeah. I think you can just, you kind of have to say either his wife and his close friends and his close family members will be able to evaluate when and if um, he's like, having some sort of a break and needs more help than he's getting or someone else will be there for that. But all I can do is address the behavior that's affecting me. And I don't yet have information that would lead me to believe he's definitively not taking his medication. So I think tell him you're going to block him and then block him if you have to let your family know if they disagree, like, you know, feel free to read his messages then, but I'm not going to. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fine. Um, it's hard. It's hard, I think. And it's 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 hard to figure out how can I be compassionate? How can I set boundaries for myself? Totally. And, and then sometimes how do I not get carried away with setting boundaries so that I go all the way into here's yeah. what I bet you're doing else right. and that you need to stop. So Which I under I understand. It's it's very reasonable, especially with someone that you've been Well, especially when it's someone who's been violating your boundaries. Yeah. So it kind of feels like, well, maybe I should get a little fucking up in your business too. Right. Um, but you know, as as I think we saw earlier with that like uh, lease and friendship ending yeah, letter yeah, yeah. is like somebody else's unreasonable behavior. If you take that as justification to act unreasonably yourself, it goes very badly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> everyone's being unreasonable. And no one's helped. Like nobody ever feels better after that. Yeah. Um, except for maybe the Ryans of the world. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like not right now. He's just trying to chill and watch some Disney Plus. <laughs> just some Disney Plus. <laughs> That's our mini episode of Dear Prudence for this week. Our producer is Phil Circus. Our theme music was composed by Robin Hilton. As always, if you want me to answer your question, call me and leave a message at 401-371-DEAR. That's 3327, and you might hear your answer on an episode of the show. You don't have to use your real name or location. And at your request, we can even alter the sound of your voice. Keep it short. 30 seconds, a minute tops. Thanks for listening. 